Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. Honestly, we started this podcast because we love to talk. We talk so much with each other and always feel so wise that we felt our discussions needed a space beyond Marco Polo. Thus, the Reclamation Podcast was born with your hosts, Malia and Kelsey. This is our space for expression, connection, empowerment, and honoring individuality in each unique journey. Sometimes we even let someone else talk too. Now let's get started. Hunger scared. <laughs> Hello, we are online. Hello, everybody. We are excited for today. So our topic is is a fun one. It's for anybody who is loves discussing empowering women, people who are highly spiritual, people who have a deep connection to source. Um, any any of our wonderful truth seeker friends out there who like to ask questions and dig a little deeper. Um, so we're about to make some intriguing connections and explore ideas that you might not have considered yet. <laughs> and we are going to be talking about women in our power. And to discuss this, we're going to use some, some key things and concepts from the Wheel of Time. And this is a series developed by uh, Rafay Judkins. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, but it's based off of a book series by the author Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson. So um, for those who don't know, did I say that wrong? <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I gave Kelsey a face. I did not know Brandon <laughs> Sanderson co-authored this series. And I I think I'll... Brennan Sanderson is pretty darn amazing. I knew <laughs> so, it. When I said his name, I was like, oh yeah, Malia loves him. Yeah. yeah. Super yes. cool. So I think he tells the story of of what could be and the story that what could exist across the universe in fantasy. But I I I believe that what he says is is real out to some aspect so he kind of teaches what's possible if we think beyond yes through fantasy it's so i love it yeah yeah me too yeah so so to kind of get started i wanted to give a little intro to what the series is about for those who are not aware if you already know you could maybe fast forward a little bit but um so the wheel of time it's obviously a fantasy series um but it is it's essentially about five friends who are um let's see how to describe this shall I read this or describe it myself <laughs> um so the story is set in a richly detailed world where time is cyclical and is driven by the turning of the wheel of time the narrative follows a diverse group of characters with the central focus on Rand, um, Rand Althor, which I didn't know that was his last name, but 
Ren um, Alfora, yeah. So he who is discovered, he is discovered as the Dragon Reborn, a f- prophesied figure with the potential to either save or doom the world. As Ran and his companions embark on their journey, they navigate political intrigue, magical conflicts, and battles against the Dark One, the ultimate antagonist, seeking to destroy the world. So, so I wanted to walk through these characters because they're really important when we discuss. Um, so the women, some of the women are channelers, and they can manipulate the elements directly. So some of these pe- these women who are channelers, they can decide to go to the the tower, the white tower, to be educated further and become an Aes Sedai. And the Aes Sedai are powerful um, channelers of the one power and the magical force within the series. And they are known for their distinctive organization and their ability to use both Sadar, Sadar, the female half of the one power, and Sadin, the male half of of the one power. And mm-hmm. there was a incident. So it, it says, though Satan became highly dangerous due to the, a past catastrophe. So that's the thing I didn't realize, Malia, that I was mentioning. So um, these Aes Sedai are, to, are their women, right? And they also have a counterpart that they are bound to um, or they create a bond with and these pe- these people are typically ma- male and they're called the, um, they're w- warders yeah I would say that they are male the Aes Sedai are only female yeah and when the I warders said, are only male yeah when the reason I said typically is because AI was like they're typically male and I'm like <laughs> I thought they were just male but okay yeah, yeah. um so so those are so kind far of... in the series, Kelsey, right? Right, right, right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so they work as partners and companions in their different missions and things that they do. And so I wanted to describe a little bit too about the dark one. Um, and I, the reasoning is because of <laughs> when I was talking to AI to just like walk through some of these things. This is a really interesting thing. So let me read it to you. Um, regarding the Dark One and the and the use of the One Power, the Dark One is the ultimate antagonist, like it said, um, representing the force of ultimate evil. The Dark One does not use the One Power directly, like the Aes Sedai or the Ashaman, um, who are the male channelers. Instead, he corrupts the True Power, a dark and malevolent form of the One Power that grants great but perilous abilities. Channelers who access the True Power risk corruption and domination by the dark one so i thought that was a very interesting description of what the who the dark one was um and i wanted to lead with that so for those of you who who weren't totally aware of it it could kind of set the scene of the things we're going to talk about um so so are you saying to me that there's difference here in the one power and the true power are different. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. It may have sounded like that, but no. So okay. I could be wrong. <laughs> could be wrong. 
for now, I, I think we could talk about it as the one power. Okay. Um, so the question I wanted to lead with, Malia, is why does do the things within this series resonate with you or feel close to home? Oh, um, let's see here. And I another, think... I have another phrase maybe too. Let okay. me phrase it a little differently. What kinds of things does this relate to in our real life? Are you talking about the series? Yes. In general? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. I don't know um, if I've gone so far in depth as relating it to my real life only except for in one or two aspects. And I think they're the same ones that I am easily connecting to in watching the series and the things that draw me in, in watching the series. Um, and, uh, and that's evolved over the, it's only two seasons so far, but uh, one is just the idea of a power that exists for us to use um in creation and i i believe that's very real but we are not educated to know how how real how powerful how strong and how a part of that we are um that's the channeling of the power and the and the way they use it is they they call it weaving and the, in the show it's all this light that is shown kind of moving around the channeler's body as the channeler is directing the power to do something so that's the creation power for me and um and the directing it into um actual manifestations of something and i I believe that is absolutely how everything even exists is because we manipulate the one power and in the show, it shows us the next level, I guess, or the parts of us that could exist if we were to be more intentional about working with, because that's what it is in the challengers is they work with this power that they feel within them. They work with it. Um, so that's, that's for me, I've always been drawn to energy and seeing the energy, feeling the energy. And so in this show, that's easily something that I love because they make it very visual for you. And um, then the next aspect of it is how the show kind of points you to look at who you are, your self-worth, um, life missions in a sense, like what you came here to do. And that's not in the essence of like where the dragon reborn is the savior guy. I'm not getting into that. I'm getting into the idea that we have this sole purpose that we wanted to fulfill to have that experience 
-hmm. It doesn't have to be like, I'm to become the president of the United States. It could be, I'm to learn what it is to be like a mother. Mm -hmm. Um, But to kind of look at each of those things and that there's power held in who we are and who we are here to be and what we are here to do and to experience and for the will of time, how that totally matters. <laughs> it totally matters to the whole functionality of it all. Um, but recently, um, as, as I've been having a lot of this coming to my life through a lot of different avenues, but it's just like female empowerment in a way that is a lot more beautiful and a lot more balanced than the feminist movement that has existed for a long time. It is shifting, but the female empowerment and the unleashing of basically like that throat chakra area and mm-hmm. how we, um, we, the, just the whole, the whole story bound around healing the feminine voice yeah so there you go and I actually (laughs) could not sit here and say oh yeah I feel like as a woman I've been totally hurt and I've been totally misused and I've been um shamed and all these things I actually have not had direct experiences in feeling that but in in the recent times I feel like I'm understanding the collective energy and the energy that's existed for centuries mm-hmm. that that's what I'm starting to feel. So I can't, I can't relate to women who have had these direct experiences in their lives where it would make them even more like the, the healing process is, is different, but um, I can see, I can see the women in order to hold our power. We we've got to heal. So mm-hmm. that's what, I'm loving and those are my house relating to my life. I love it. I'm similar. Yeah. I relate similarly. Yeah, because I've always been drawn to um more the mystical things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I for a very long time that only was in this box. These things could only be what I could look at you like understand and then but my intuition was like there's more there's more to the things that I can see and know and I don't really understand it and there wasn't people in my life yet to help me understand these parts of myself the gifts that I had so when when I watched this this series it was just like this is like me (laughs) I feel like I I've you know um I don't know what it is maybe it's like a spark within me that there's a bigger like maybe I have more power in things that I'm gonna explore so like seeing for example an Aes Sedai or the wisdom the wisdoms are are like the healers in the communities right so the like, healers in the communities that are highly intuitive and they they do not heal the same way an Aes Sedai does um by manipulating the energy source of the one power but mm-hmm. But at the same time, they do use the one power um, mm-hmm. in a different way. It's more like you would find as an herbal healer or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think for me, it's, it's like I've been in the reclamation of my own gifts that are more mystical and to a lot of other eyes, <laughs> a lot of people. And so even to myself, right? Um, and I've really been stepping into fully these things. And so it's been, it was been really empowering for me. <laughs> Yeah. as I've been choosing more and more and more to step into this and also to show up proudly in it without any like shame around it any anymore. Um, yeah. And so I've too have been doing lots of like the throat chakra healing. And I think, um, you know, the way we were raised in kind of the man is the, the one who says how everything works kind of way. Demands the voice yeah demands the voice which is a lot of responsibility on him right and isn't mm -hmm. quite healthy but yeah so it's really um exciting for me because it's 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 reclaiming balance you know and um balance within myself balance within a community balance within our, my family and how we all are able to own our gifts. And the other part of what you were saying that I wanted to add to was like, um, is so Ran is the dragon reborn, right? But there's the there's the him and his five his four friends, who are the story. Like they all are the story together. And um, what's her name? Um, the Aes Sedai. Which which one? Moraine. Moraine, yes. Yeah. So Moraine is like the main Aes Sedai who comes seeking these people, right? And um, so that she can kind of get help. She them. plays the part of the mentor. Yeah. 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 She's the mentor. So what I'm saying is, um, I loved how it shows that all of their parts are crucial. Yes. It's not just the dragon reborn. It's yes all of their connections to him and all of their unique experiences matter and how they find yeah. themselves and how they go about their growth. Yes. It's, it's just kind of lovely to see that friendship and connection. In the beginning too, when they, the I said, I finds the five and she's like, one of you is the dragon. I don't know which it is. Cause I sense this energy is coming from this group. Um, and then she takes them and she's like, we got to go right now. We're going to go to do this task. And on their journey, we get to see um, into each character about how they put their value and worth on whether or not they are this dragon yeah. and how each of them wanted to be this dragon so that they could be the, that savior person and when they were in that energy and then to season two, we see how they kind of relinquish that and step into who they are. Mm -hmm. Most of the characters, there's still some development happening, but um, when they're in this energy of like, I've got to be this thing in order to be valued in order to have um, worth and, and, and that kind of thing, you see the torment that kind of happens individually. Mm -hmm. um, and it's Which like so relatable, right? A hundred percent relatable. And that's why, you know, it's a successful show and book because 
we all can look at each other. And Kelsey and I have actually had this um, me towards her um, between us, where when she came into my life, I was trying to do, like go down this road and develop all these gifts and like wishing for these things in my life. And Kelsey comes into my life with them already. Totally not um, studied like I was. They were just so natural to her, right? And it it did. I I am seeing now that her and I are actually different in in our gifts, and it's exactly purposely beautiful. And um... oh no. Okay, sorry about that. So anyways, um, yeah, just that's the human experience. And what Kelsey and I started, you know, the reason we named this podcast The Reclamation is we both recognize how beautiful it is when you step into reclaiming who you are instead of being who you wish you were based off of pain, shame, conditioning, and in the comparison of others. Um, and so it's been so fun to watch in the show, each character kind of claim their power in who they are and have it be super, super important to the story. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whether, whether you're the dragon or the, oh, yeah, the best friend, you know. So yeah. important. What else? Lord of the Rings fans out there. This is totally a tangent. <laughs> Watched Lord of the Rings. Frodo's this, this guy who's got the task given to him. He's the one. He's the one that has to bear the burden of the ring. But oh my gosh, all the heroes that exist in that story outside of Frodo and how he couldn't have done it without any of them. And especially not Sam. And, and how much Sam is a hero just as much as Roto. So anyways, if that helped anybody to know, <laughs> you're feeling like the best friend in the story. <laughs> you yeah. are so important to the story. Absolutely. The support Absolutely. you do and your strengths and all of that. So, mm -hmm. so there was another... I put down another bullet that I think might be fun to talk about regarding ways that it relates to our real life. Okay. So, um, as like when, you know, observing the, the channelers and how they can manipulate energy, um, it's like <laughs> sensuality. Mm -hmm. A woman's sensuality has been on my mind so much for the past two weeks. And, like, for example, there's a scene where, um, is it Nynaeve? Nynaeve? Nynaeve. And they're both in the kitchen, and they are doing a lesson with, at the, the White Tower, they're doing a lesson to clean water. Yeah. And so, basically, they need to clean it fully to drink it. Mm -hmm. That's the lesson. It's like... After I watched that, I was, like, starting to, like, tune into just, like, different 
gratitudes for the different things that support me, like the water, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, it, it literally kind of inspired my own unique meditations mm-hmm. and connecting me more fully to the, everything in my life, <laughs> like the water that I'm about to drink, like actually feeling it on your fingers and like the just the sensation of it running on your fingers, you know, that yes. is like fully, fully being in your senses. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, even just saying that out loud kind of feels funny. Like, yeah, you have water running on your hand, but do you know what I'm saying? I'm getting what you're saying when you say to you that sensuality is being in your senses. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and fully, fully present with them. Yes. This is so such a really interesting perspective and it opens up to me like a, a lot to discuss and to think about and to just be curious about because that's really where we are just in the space of curiosity with mm-hmm. this subject. And um um so if if you were to ask somebody in your community, your neighbor, a woman neighbor what they thought sensuality meant, what do you think the answer, the typical answer would be? I think it would be miss it would be instantly kind of assumed a sexual thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't really that's an assumption. I have no idea what they would say. No, I totally agree. And, and, you know, the way I was raised, I was religiously, I was raised in a religious household and um, sensuality is connected to sexual pleasure in my mind. And we have discussed sensuality, you and I off and on, and how that is a core feminine attribute that has been inverted um, into something that is negative and something not to be sought after. And it's part of the whole female reclamation is to bring back the allowance, a the allowance of sensuality and then the expression and even how like how to feel sensuality. Um, I think that there's a lot of women who feel that like dead inside um, er- energy that comes from being sensual. Um, so or from not not being sensual right right? they're because they don't have the energy that comes from essential expression and so if you were to to um look up sensuality on the dictionary um it does say that it is enjoyment of um pleasure especially sexual pleasure but it also just says um being pleased or fulfilled to the senses so i like I want to apply that to what you're talking about. This is, this is the more I'm formulating it. I'm really loving this. And I think I'm going to do a segment on my Instagram about this. <laughs> the being fully in your senses, feeling the water on your fingers, understanding, understanding the water a little differently than ever before and having it become a part of you. Because if you let it run on your skin, your skin's going to, intake some of that water and you're letting it become a part of you and you're there in that moment and if that's sensuality I can see so clearly how women 
people, humanity, but we're talking about sensuality and women, how being so busy in our lives and so concerned about what's happening outside of ourselves as we are conditioned to be as a woman, as the caretaker, uh, and making sure everyone else's needs are needs are met, the mother, even the grandmother, um, the sister, all of it, being outside of our body keeps us from connecting in with that sensuality, which therefore keeps us from from knowing, <laughs> experiencing um, the that element of power that comes from being sensual. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hopefully that was clear because each of these missing aspects of our femininity, they all, oh, wow. This is tying in beautifully. <laughs> they all have a part to play in the whole of feminine femininity. Sensuality mm-hmm. is one of them. And it has been damned out of women because it's been educated to us to be just this sexually based thing. And if you're a sensual woman, then you're connected to like provocativeness and um, prostitution and being a wanton woman and all the things. And Mm -hmm. Oh, it makes so much sense to me. It makes so much sense to me. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, so we talk, Malia and I talk about kind of the archetypes, the key archetypes of being a woman, and those are um, your queen, your temptress, and your mother, and it's almost like society has, has um, like, put emphasis, if you're going to be this, then you're going to damn this part of yourself. If you're going to be a temptress, you're going to damn the mother of you. Like you, if you're going to own that, then you're going to be a bad mom. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's really like, really, how are we truly integrating all three and becoming whole with all, all of those parts being a part of us? Yes. Because we are multidimensional. We are more than just one thing. And you know, there's just so much more to this. So <laughs> I just love that you said we are more than just one thing. I think that that line right there is like, ooh, wow, it fired me up, didn't it? <laughs> you can see that it fired me up. That line right there is just uh, the proclamation coming from women. It's like, we are more than just one thing, you know? And I see in my space that I exist with mothers, homeschooling mothers, that can feel burnout real fast. They made this decision to educate their children differently, you know, because of A, B, and C, mm-hmm. but but there's burnout and there's loss of who they are because this we are more than one thing doesn't exist in their bank account of um, allowances. And so I love that you said that so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm quoting that, I'm quoting you. <laughs> we're more than just one thing you know what's funny is people can't even name what a woman is these days wow yeah <laughs> that's a whole nother thing we, we don't go there either. we don't need to go there right now but it's just I it, love that you said that though I would love to know how 
if I asked you what is a woman, you know, if we go around, we can ask um, our peers, that'd be fun to come back with. Yeah, it would be yeah. curious. I'm curious because a woman is a lot of things and Not certain things. parts <laughs> of society are like the dark one in the, um, in Wheel of Time. Yeah. Wheel of Time, literally. Um, meant, like, what does it say? I loved how it described it, so I'm going to find it again and read it. Um, corrupting the true power. Corrupt, corrupting just yeah. what what the truth is. Like, that's that's what's going on right now. Yeah, <laughs> Which so is, that, it's not that, like that's new. That's been, that's what's, you know. No, it's not new and possibly what is new in our cycle is we're in the reclamation era True. of the cycle. And so yeah. it's new to reclaim it. It's new to understand it differently. And what you said there, the, the corrupting of the one power and part of sensual, sensuality being uh, in, flipped, inverted, the definition, the meaning, the embodiment of sensuality being inverted for women how it's corrupted that one power. And that's just one element, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I love, I love what you said. So I just want to touch on this. If there's anyone here listening that feels this and feels that welcoming sensuality back into their lives would help to bring more balance and more um, depth to who they are. Like, I think a really great place to begin especially if exploring things sensuality in a sexual way feels really scary and nervous. A really great way to begin is just like Kelsey said, is to feel the water on your skin. Um, and you just start with daily practices of feeling something. And um, I'm a, I'm a trained somatic um, therapist. And one of the aspects of that training was to live a week doing everyday tasks really slowly and what it was supposed to um, do for us is to help us to be in our bodies. And so again, in connection to sensuality being inverted, women live so outside of themselves. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I want to do that exercise. Yeah. Yeah. You just do something like, super slow. Like put on your have, pants. But really really slow really intake every single step what your muscles are doing with food oh yeah relationship (laughs) with food and like yes taste and putting lotion on your body and you like you're looking at every part of your skin and you're doing that and um oh gosh there was a women living outside of their bodies. Okay, so (laughs) obviously it's a very much, it's safety for a lot of us who have experienced deep trauma, really, really challenging things. It's safe to not be in our bodies because that's when we start to feel the things again. Um, You know, and so when you make the conscious choice to feel, you're also making conscious choice to remember and to relive and so yeah doing, 
with awareness and and I get it. I, it's easy to live outside your body than it is to face what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, that is our path to reclamation mm-hmm. is to face and yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to encourage people who do, who have an inkling that that's going to be challenging, um, yeah. that the universe is, is merciful, but it will, and it will always provide that opportunity for you to face that it's always going to come back in some form and if you do it intentionally and with love and grace that could be that might feel ultimately better than the universe like bringing something else into your life that like blows it up again like so this way like tuning into the body is a gentler way of really stepping into into yourself embracing with love that those things that might come up you know so I have personal experience with this Malia that I feel like could be an interesting I kind of want your take on this too um and I wanted to share from experience for people I um about I don't know seven years ago I started to realize that I lost um feeling sensation and I was I had had a surgery, I started to lose sensation, and then I, little by little, was recognizing that I was losing it everywhere, and it was starting to scare me. I, w- I was also having other symptoms that I don't need to talk about right now, but lots of stuff going on in my body, and my I was like, no, I'm not feeling anymore type of thing, and there's like an intuitive part of that, why that was showing up for me, and it, it has to do ex- with exactly what we're talking about right now. Like the the fear of feeling the truth because sometimes the truth is hard to face yeah yeah and for me I was afraid of my own power and I was afraid of my own voice um because when I had stepped into it prior whatever it was you know like maybe childhood trauma stuff it wasn't it was not that the circumstances were frightening <laughs> You know, so I didn't want to go back to that. So my body's like, well, then we're not going to feel we're done with that because that's not safe. And I I was told by people that I was too sensitive pretty often and Mm -hmm. too sensitive is a bad like you don't want to be too sensitive. No one wants to be too sensitive. Like that's just you don't want that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually was thinking of you when I yeah. <laughs> um, um talking about feeling I do recall that you did go through this and um you need to continue though your story talk about how where you're at today with it all today uh-huh. I still don't have probably like full sensation back um but I don't it doesn't bother me because I understand my body's healthy. Um, I don't have any like symptoms coming up sh- showing me that I need to go check out anything. Um, and I know that where you put your mind to, you're going to create more of. So if I, if I decide to focus more on the places that I feel, mm-hmm. even if it's this much, and if I, if, even if I can only feel this much, I'm going to start creating more and more and more awareness. And there, then what's going to follow is more and more feeling. I'm going to enhance feeling. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was actually coached on that. I'm so grateful. <laughs> but it's the truth of how our brains work, right? So I've just focused on that for the past three years and it's been a really cool journey. Like um I'm not I'm not I'm no longer afraid of it. And I've also realized that I'm not alone in it. So many people are numb in their bodies and they don't even realize they're numb. You yeah. Know? And so yeah, it's it's, it's been so- a really beautiful journey to come back yeah yeah well and it's such a direct translation um you're numb in your body and you're talking about feeling and sensation and being sensual and how you are feeling the it's it's a direct physical manifest then manifestation for you it's not just this emotional energetic thing for you um being being numb in your body it's you're like, no, like for real, (laughs) I don't feel people's touch sometimes. Um, so, but you, you have improved. I know you've improved. You've done, um, some acupuncture, you've done massive, massive amounts of healing Mm -hmm. and the, um, the spark that was, that was lit are sparks lit? <laughs> like thinking my metaphor is wrong. The spark <laughs> that was lit when you had the relationship with water, you had this like kind of maybe a week it was of this just deep feeling with water and connecting in with water. It was, it was cool because it was something to you that was legit to be able to feel the water yeah. on you. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I would say that I do have more feeling too. Um, and even if I didn't totally have the full feeling back, um, my like awareness has been more. Um, I don't know, just deeper. If that makes sense. Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm not worried about it anymore. Um but when I think about my kids and like holding my kids and my kids like, you know, just touch, it's like I I still feel like I have it even if even if I was to sit and analyze and oh wait, no, I've lost that. Like it's it's coming back. So Good. um but then like in going back to the whole wheel of time thing, just yes. like observing them with the water and cleaning it out and like oh, it's just so cool to me I <laughs> oh when I say it out loud I kind of feel like a crazy <laughs> no but it's, it's a, something something about that process connects deep with you that's hard to express you know so yeah it's hard to articulate because um I don't know sometimes I, I also get just intuitive hits that I can't put words to but you know how kids are. So this is really what we're, re- we're reclaiming ourselves. We're reclaiming um, who we are. And we're also becoming more like our kids. Mm-hmm. They're already, they're already very aware. Like mm-hmm. when you see kids play in mud or like throw water, you know, they're just fully in their bodies. Yeah. And they're not afraid to be. Yeah. They are. Yes. And they, they, uh, the kid who is playing in the mud 
so we were hiking this weekend and I had some of the kids found this muddy area and they were just playing in it in the like just their fingers were in it and they were letting it like um move between their fingers and playing with it like it was play-doh a little bit and it just like this just feels so cool you know and um if you're hiking with a group of adults I we're not stopping at that little mud pit to feel the mud (laughs) you know and it's also part of like just just recognizing all the places in which we are taught separation and as we get to be adults we separate more and more from that connection with the earth and so go out and touch a tree (laughs) and feel the tree (laughs) go out and get your hands in mud (laughs) it's so good for the soul um so there's a part maybe we should um kind of go in towards to talk more about women in our power um so (laughs) there's a part that I wanted to address that I know you love so I want you to just you to actually discuss your thoughts on it but um maybe could you tell us about the neck um what is it called I forgot the word the collar yes if this is in season two yes I would I'd love to share my current thoughts on this um I feel this is something that is developing within me at this time so it is not something that is um thought on for very long so take that for as you will but Um, The collar is so interesting, especially because I just finished reading a book called Once and Future Witches. And um, in times gone by, the women, when they would act out, which just meant not according to the customs and designs of the community, um, they would be put in a witch's collar or a bridle, witch's bridle. And I want everyone to look it up, but I don't want anybody to look it up who it would trigger massively. So please be careful. But I think this is why I feel the collective anger from women. Um, So this book happened at the same time as I watched the Wheel of Time series where the episode of the capture of one of the five and she's put into this collar to control her power and to control her behavior. And in, in, in our history, the witch's collar is real. It's not a fantasy. And um, in the book, they put the witch's collar on to control the witch's power so she could no longer cast her spells. And that's exactly what it is in Will of Time. So it was just so fascinating to me that I had this message, this idea of the witch's color. Um, oh, I'm gonna get emotional. <laughs> the witch's color. Uh, 
sorry, I'm going to give myself a little breath there so I can speak clearly. Uh, it's so interesting that the, the idea of the witch's collar came into my life at the same time. And I know that's the way the universe speaks to me. And so I know I'm about to get an education in this area. And whether it's for myself and my own healing and then working outward, or if it's because, um, um, you know, what my life will be moving forward. Um, it is so interesting to me that it is put around the throat and it's made to quell the power of the women. So therefore, to me, that that is saying directly that our voice is powerful. And um, in the show, it does talk about um, the way to remove the color is by healing it. Uh, they don't ever go about actually doing that, which I was really bummed about, but they said it. And when they said that, I know Kelsey and I both were both, we caught it. We're like... Healing, healing, healing the collar will remove the collar. And so this points to a different energy than the feminist movement that we grew up with. And that, that movement of using your voice is, was not a healed movement. It was not a healed voice. And I, angry voice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of, of uh, understanding. Yes. <laughs> We are angry and we, we are allowed to be angry, mm -hmm. um, but we're not in our power when we use it in an unhealed way. And when you're healed, it doesn't mean you're not angry. It just means you understand and you're not going to let it control what, what you're going to do. Um, but anger has power. <laughs> you can use it for good things <laughs> you can use it to move things um and so that's just oh. where and where I don't know where uh, my wheel of time is going to take me with this information and how it's going to play out in my life but I feel it deeply as as you can hear in my voice <laughs> um and I I have done a massive amount of throat chakra work. So it surprised me how much I feel this after thinking, well, I've already done so much work, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what it represents to me. And I didn't, I didn't recognize that I maybe had worn a witch's collar or do wear a witch's collar, just in the sense of um, how do I use my voice? And how ought to I be using my voice? And not according to anybody else, but what kind of, you know, what I feel deep within me. Yeah. I ought to be using my voice. Because, like, I could be using my voice in a more outward way, more on a platform that's, like, in the public eye. Mm -hmm. um, whereas someone else could be using their voice in a way that f looks quieter. But as oh, so many beautiful aspects coming together, as we're talking about how every piece is important, it's just we're all designed to have our voices in the way that we set out when we begin this life. And when we reclaim that, we own our power and we can 
make motion in this world to heal it, whether we're on the stage or we're in our homes, mm-hmm. all, all necessary to the movement of the power. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Women are freaking amazing. That's why we've been damned. Yeah. You know, like it makes sense. Come on. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. Okay. I get it. You're scared of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. There's so many things that I want to like bring up um, for the sake of time, though. How much more time do you have, Malia? Um, yeah, I think we're about at the end of our recording session. Mm-hmm. There's a few more things I think we can talk about in another episode, but ultimately... I just want to encourage you guys or our lovely listeners to to continue to um, dive into who you are in, in your inner world and don't be afraid of playing like feeling like just getting into your body and and what does it mean to you and what emotions are coming up you know those emotions might be big and they might be negative I encourage you to be with them anyways yeah um, and, and when you're saying just be with them here's the lovely piece that's all like we're we're not asking or encouraging you to to correct or even to understand just yeah. begin by being with nice. them they're totally 100% absolutely allowed mm-hmm exactly um so if you haven't watched the wheel of time highly recommend it's very inspiring to those of us who are like this <laughs> and um thank like you so her. much yeah so yes thank you for being with us on the reclamation and we will see you next time goodbye bye